Welcome back to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have another interview. I'm super excited about it. I have uh, Steph, Steph Taylor with me. Hey, Steph. Hi, you? thank you so much for having me. I'm great. How are you? Very good. I'm, I'm super excited about this interview. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, let me see if I can nail this introduction. It's always the <laughs> tough part. But uh, yeah, so uh, Steph is a digital product launch strategist. She has a lot of uh, entrepreneurs as students as well and helps them uh, launch their business and make money. And she's also the host of a podcast called Socialette. It's a great podcast with uh, bite-sized marketing and uh, business launch strategies and lessons. And um, that's how, actually how I, how I met, uh, met you, Steph. I was uh, looking for... I don't know actually how I, how I found out about your podcast, but I, I did. I was like, oh, yeah, this is super cool. And then I just DM'd you on Instagram and you got back to me. And I'm, I'm always super excited because I always think, okay, no one will get back to me. And you did. <laughs> and that's great. I try to reply to everyone, but yeah, it's, it's, you, you obviously landed in my inbox on a good day because some days I have like 50 unread messages. And if you'd landed on one of those days, I probably wouldn't be on this podcast right now. So uh, that was really good timing. <laughs> It's a matter of luck. And that's also why sometimes it's good to follow up with the message. That's also what I say yeah. sometimes here in the, in the podcast. Great stuff. I would like to ask you to introduce yourself a little bit for the listeners. That's okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you already covered off on the basics. I am a digital product launch strategist. I help people to launch digital products like online courses, memberships, ebooks, group programs, any of those kind of products. I help people to launch those so that they can create a bigger impact, make more profit and ultimately have a little bit more freedom in their lives and in their businesses because, you know, we're, we're not starting a business to create another job for ourselves. So I believe in really making it easy and creating that freedom. Um, I do also have Socialette, which is a bite-sized marketing and launching podcast. And that is... I mean, that's, you've covered off on most of my intro already. I feel like I'm just repeating you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great that, uh, that you feel that way. And um, so your your background is in business, right? So that, that's what you studied, right? Yeah. So I actually studied accounting and finance and started off working in corporate finance for a while and then started a business from there because I was just absolutely hating life so much. I was working in mm. a big four, a big four accounting firm and <laughs> cubicle life is not really the most inspiring place to be. So yes, I do have that business background, but it's quite different to the whole marketing world, which I only really started to discover after I launched my first business. Right. And uh, being an entrepreneur, was it something that always came as, as part of you or something that you only found out about a little bit uh, later on? I like to think it was something that I've always had in me. Uh, <laughs> I remember being a little kid and my grandparents lived in this, it was like a, it was almost like a little gated community in South Africa, a little gated community and everyone's driveways shared this one big central driveway and there were maybe, I don't know, 20 or 30 houses on this driveway. And I remember selling, I remember going into my grandfather's garage and he had all of these little tools and 
little bits of, I don't know, woodworking things. And I remember trying to have a little sale and selling these on the table out the front of their house. <laughs> so I, I like to think that that entrepreneurial streak has always been there. Um, yeah. I don't know where it comes from because my parents are very much not entrepreneurial, but somehow it's just always been in there. Like I, I've always, even when I was working full time, I was always trying to get a little side hustle off the ground. I had a blog. I tried launching a fashion dropshipping boutique, yeah. which really, this was before dropshipping had its moments. So <laughs> that was really difficult. Uh, so yeah, this yeah. isn't my first, this isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I always love to, to understand this from the people I interview because yeah, most of them already have some kind of you know, backgrounds in mm. uh, in this entrepreneur world, and same as me. But there are also a couple that, yeah, never, never explored their that face of 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 them. But uh, yeah, it, it's super interesting to to learn about. And um, yeah, so today, I guess I, I would like to go more into depth into your uh, podcast because that's also mm -hmm. the same business I I am at, and uh, there's so many questions that I have for you, also for myself, you know. So. You went and worked for a corporate, you know, you got a corporate, corporate job, you said. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the first question is, why not start immediately having your own business? Since you already had this background and this passion, why did you still try to go to the corporate world? I thought that was what I just had to do. Like, I was brought up very much in the traditional the traditional idea of you go to school, you get good grades right. at school, you go to university, you get a good degree, and then you go and do like a respectable job in a respectable profession. That was basically all that I'd ever been told was possible. Nobody had ever said to me, you can go out there and start a business. That just didn't even, that wasn't even in the realm of possibility for me. And I... I, I sort of, I, I didn't even have a gap between university and work. I actually started working full-time while I was still studying full-time. So I started as a second year uni student, I was working full-time yeah. in a corporate job. So there was that huge overlap. And to me as a student, it felt really exciting. I was like, yeah, I've got this job. I'm actually making some money after being a broke student for a year. Yeah. And it seemed like they were paying me a lot of money at the time. It really it was peanuts now when I look back on it. Um, and it, it took me about two months, I think, before I realized what what is this job? Like, is this really all that there is to life? Like, is this supposed yeah. to be my career for the next for the next 50 years? And then I retire and then I die. So, yeah, like there just wasn't ever that opportunity to even consider going from university into a business. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same uh, path mm -hmm. as me. I also started before even finishing my studies. Uh, but for you, it was quite fast. Only after two months, you immediately think about it. For me, it took took me a little bit more more time. But uh, <laughs> but it's yeah, definitely something that I. Every time I speak with a couple of friends, they also say the same. It feels that it's happening even more nowadays that people reach their corporate jobs and now especially in tech companies you have everything you know you have beers mm. you have events you have a flexible off schedule and everything and people still feel this urge to start something of their own and mm. um, i wonder if it's also because we're seeing more and more people starting businesses of their own and instead of just accepting that this is what work life is meant to be it's meant to be not fun it's meant to be that you yeah. go to a job from nine till five and you look forward to the weekend 
And now we're actually seeing people who have started their own businesses. It's becoming more and more prominent on social media. Everyone has a friend who started their own business. And maybe now it's like, oh, actually, this is possible for me. If they can do it, so can I. So maybe that's also part of the reason why. That makes sense. Especially with like social media and YouTubers. Like mm. now I feel that I have so many friends that are YouTubers now. It's it's crazy. They're making a... You know, good money. So yeah, probably. It's a very yeah. Good point. A friend, a friend of mine has two young kids who want to grow up and be YouTubers. Wow, <laughs> which blows my mind because it's like when you know when I finished school, YouTube wasn't even really a thing, or like exactly, being a YouTuber yeah. definitely wasn't a thing. And now these kids are growing up wanting to be YouTubers. What's her mom's reaction? What does she think? Oh, uh, I think it's a little bit of a just, just keep studying, just stay in yeah, school. Uh, <laughs> YouTubers are, are the new footballers. I remember when yeah. I was growing up. Hey, I want to be a football player or something, or a soccer player. <laughs> so okay, so you're working. After two months, you decide, okay, this is not what I want to do, like for for my life. I want to start something mm -hmm. that I'm passionate about. And uh, is that when you started your current business or wh oh, what no, did you start no. back then? Like four years later. <laughs> four oh, years okay. later. I, no, so I still carried on working. So after two months, I was questioning, like, is this it? And I carried on working at that particular job for another probably two years. And then I, I thought maybe it was the job. I switched jobs, tried another job for two years. And that then I started my first business, which was an e-commerce business it was a subscription box and it's it was a health food subscription box which I loved the idea I thought it was a really great idea in hindsight I look at I look back at it now and I think I was just another one of those founders who really liked their business idea but it didn't actually solve a problem for anyone and that's why it didn't sell that's why it, the business just didn't really take off like I had customers I just didn't have enough customers and I didn't have enough orders to outsource the shipping and the logistics part of it, which meant that I was still packing all of these orders myself in my living room every month to send out. And it was exhausting. So I was, I was working full time still while I was launching this business. I was packing and shipping orders. I was doing all of the marketing. I was doing the bookkeeping. I was doing all the admin. Like I was, I, I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah. And It took me about a year and a bit before I realized that I needed to close the business down because I had started a business for freedom, but I'd actually created another job for myself. Even after yeah. I quit my corporate job and I was full-time in that business, I'd created another job and I just didn't have... I, I wasn't passionate about it. I wanted to go traveling. I didn't want to be stuck in Australia sending out orders all the time, but yet there I was. By the way, nowadays that this uh, the subscription boxes, it's a huge business. So I think you're yeah. you're definitely into something. Uh, this in Germany, there's one called HelloFresh, and they are making huge money with exactly oh, the yeah. same model. You we know, we have that it? here. No, so it's so, yeah, we've got that here. But it was so the one that I was the one that I created was more snacks and packaged things. So they weren't they wouldn't go off they weren't fresh foods that would go off right. thank goodness I don't know how I would have coped with the logistics yeah. of that <laughs> that would have been crazy um, so it was more it was more trying to find suppliers who wanted to who wanted to give me the products to put into the boxes because the margins right. were really small so on an average month's box I would make maybe two dollars profit per box yeah 
Okay. So really tight margins. So yeah, very, so you had to work a lot to to make a to make mm. like a salary, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't paying myself a salary and I actually ran out of money right. and had to go and get another oh. job. <laughs> but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. So so tell me uh because I'm super interested about it because you yeah, you try to find your passion, you try to start a new business but then end up being another job. Where did it went wrong? Um, oh, I can think of a few places it went wrong. So firstly, I started something that wasn't really solving a problem for anybody. It was just right. something that I thought was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I, so I was in this mindset that you have to start a business that has this really unique idea that nobody has done before. Right. And when in actual fact, no, you can have a really successful business with an idea that somebody has done before. You just need to solve a problem for a particular group of people. So right. that was probably the first big mistake. I think the second big mistake was I wasn't really clear on who my ideal customer was. I had no idea who I was trying to market this thing to. So the messaging was all over the place. I had really inconsistent branding because I didn't want to invest in somebody to do the branding. I had basically no money. So I DIY'd the branding myself. I did the logo myself in Photoshop. And in hindsight, I think if I were to do it again, maybe if I had stronger branding and maybe if I'd actually invested some money in somebody else designing the website right. rather than me doing it, maybe mm-hmm. it would have worked out differently. But I don't know. I'm a big believer that it's all meant to work out the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. And I think I learned a lot of lessons from that business. Yeah. yeah, because what I've been realizing also is because I also started a lot of like, not businesses, but like side mm. projects. And I, some of them, I, I just, you know, end up losing my motivation. And I realized <laughs> that there are a couple of them, of businesses, that are more towards my passion and others that are just great ideas that, or mm. ideas that I have that then I thought in in the heat of the moment, I think, okay, this is great. And then ends up not being so good. So, yeah. so it's, it's so it's common. A, it's yeah, so it's common to, to have an idea and be like, oh, this idea is going to be the best thing ever. You get really excited about it. And the rest of the world doesn't think the same. <laughs> the yeah, rest of the world's yeah. like, we don't want that. And it's really, yeah. yeah, it's so common. I see it all the time. And it makes me really sad when I see people like me who had this idea and they fell in love with the idea and they try to turn it into a business and they, like me, they stick with it for far too long. Like that, I stuck with that one idea for over a year when I probably could have figured out in the first three months, this isn't going to work. Let me cut my losses and try the next thing. Yeah. I mean, we also, I did an interview just about that topic, uh, how to Mm. terminate the or when to terminate a project it's such a yeah. hard topic but uh, okay but you you did terminate it and that, that's great because it opened space for for other projects and Absolutely. um yeah so let's let's get into the the beginning of uh of socialette so you yeah. you finish this one you i guess you you try to find another job you still saw okay this is not what i want to do you just wanted to get some money right and then mm-hmm. how did socialette enter the play yeah so the job the so i was working three days a week for a startup at the time and so this was when i ran out of money and then i closed my other business down i was working three days a week at a startup as their digital marketing coordinator and we were in a co-working space and i actually sat down across from somebody who ran a podcasting agency okay and i at that point in time podcasts were something that people on the other side of the world with millions of followers did. 
It wasn't something right. that I'd ever, I'd never known somebody who had a podcast. And here I was sitting across from somebody who not only had their own podcast, but helped other people to create theirs. And he kind of became a mentor of mine. And I knew one day, I thought, one day I'm going to launch a podcast. Right now, I don't know what that podcast is going to be about, but one day I'm going to launch one. And I just had that idea in the back of my mind for about a year. I knew yeah. like this, there's a, there's a podcast in me somewhere. So fast forward to mid 2018 or May 2018. And that was where I eventually had this idea for Socialette. I thought, you know what? I'm good at marketing. I have a small audience of other business owners. They are all really sick of listening to 45 minute long marketing episodes to learn one actionable tip. Let me create these five to 10 minute episodes that are all actionable. So I launched it. It went to number one very quickly, which was awesome. (laughs) Did not expect that to happen. And it's kind of taken on a life of its own. So back when I launched it, it was a general marketing podcast. So I talked about everything from Instagram marketing, Facebook ads, um, you know, like marketing strategy. And over the last three years, it's become, it's evolved as my business and my brand has evolved. And now it's almost all about launching and about launching podcasts. This, the way I, how you found that this was a problem. So you realize, mm-hmm. okay, there's 45, it's, there, there's space in the market for something more like smaller bite sizes, as you, as you say in your, your own podcast. Yeah. Did you try to do some like market analysis before? Did you try to like speak with your, you know, friends and, and customers or did you just yeah. went for it? Yeah. So I, because I already had a small audience, I didn't really have that many friends who were in the business space at that stage, but I had a small audience of other business owners and I knew that I wanted mine to stand out, but I knew that it couldn't stand out if it was just another 45 minute long marketing interview podcast. So what I did was I reached out and I started talking to people who I knew listened to business podcasts. And I said to them, I said, like, what do you feel like the existing podcasts are missing? And like, what do you like about them? What do you not like about them? And the answers that I got were things like people were saying, oh, I hate how the host will take 10 minutes just to introduce the guest. And then you have to listen to 45 minutes of interview for one useful thing. So it was a lot of those kinds of answers. And that was when the light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, ah, okay, there's something I can do differently here. And obviously since then, that was now over three years ago. And since then, there are a lot more bite-sized podcasts. There was already, um, there were already one or two that were doing five minute long ones, but the majority of them were in that 45 minute to a one hour length. So I thought, let me, everyone else is doing that. Let me just do this completely differently. And it worked. Yeah, that's, that's great. And the, I like also how you try to analyze and exactly how you said you then identify the problem and uh, that's also something that I preach here that it's crucial to to solve a problem and uh, even in the startup world everyone says okay first you have to find a problem then you have to to fix it absolutely and without without a problem you know there's if I think about it all of the best businesses all of the best products out there they all solve a problem right. And that was exactly where my first business went wrong. And that's where I've seen a lot of podcasts go wrong because they can't really articulate who their listeners are or what problem they're solving for them. Right. And it's much easier for you to to make your decisions about what other episodes you want to do, how you want to change, how do you want to monetize it, right? Because if you know what problem you're solving, what is the mission as well of your project, 
at least for, for myself, I find that it's much easier than to navigate myself into what should I do next. Yeah. And, and it can be, it can evolve over time. You know, mine at the start, like I said, it was general marketing. Now it's all launching. And a yeah. lot of people will sit on their podcast. They're like, I'm not going to launch this podcast just yet. I'm waiting for my idea to be perfect. I'm waiting for it to be perfect. I'm waiting for the perfect name. I'm waiting for, you know, like they're waiting for something to be right. When in actual fact, you can just launch it and you can refine it later. You can change the name. You can change the cover art. You can change everything right. about it. It doesn't have to be this one thing that's set in stone. And it's the same with business, right? You can completely change the customers who you serve. You can pivot the business. You can change the name. You can change the logo. Like all of that can change. It shouldn't be the thing that stops you from launching. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something, always something that I struggle with because I'm the kind of guy that uh, I have an idea and I wanted to see it tomorrow live. You know, <laughs> I want to see it tomorrow in the market. I want it yesterday. <laughs> yes. So this means that sometimes... I feel that I release things too early. And especially when I was working with other people, they'll be like, no, Tiago, you have to do this first or do that first. You mm -hmm. need to get a proper name. You know, as you said, like spend hours and days just looking for a name. And um, and it's funny because you're you're an um, expert in, in launching, right? And mm -hmm. I, I would I would imagine that to get, to get a perfect launch, you'd need to have also all the little details mm -hmm. ready. But that's not no. the case. No. And I think that's a big misconception as well. Everyone thinks like, yeah, everything needs to be perfectly ready for this launch. When I'm actually saying no, like you need get it out there. Just do it scrappy. Be scrappy if you yeah. need to, you know. Um, I, I'm a big advocate for people launching things before they've even created them. Because that's such a great way to right. test it. And that terrifies people because they're like, well, what if I can't actually create this thing that I've launched? But <laughs> it's funny because once you launch it and you get it out there, then you have to create it. And yeah. you don't realize how easily you can create something once you're under that pressure to do it. So though I absolutely think doing it scrappily and getting it out there, taking that quick action, and then you can go back and do the details. I'm I'm very much a big picture person. Yeah, just like you. I'm like, yeah, let's just get it out there yeah, and then yeah. we can go back and make it perfect. We don't need to we don't need to worry about all the little details right now. Um, and I think that has been definitely one of the reasons why I've been able to grow my business that quickly versus the people who are still sitting there thinking about that one course that they've wanted to launch for the last three years but haven't been able to because they can't figure out the name yet yeah yeah for sure for sure and um, so walk me through the launch of social ads so what what did you add so far how many episodes did you add already like <laughs> the name everything so <laughs> So I, I, I sat around, after I sat around waiting for an idea for a year, once I had the idea, I was like, I want this out there like tomorrow. So yeah. I went and bought a microphone. I did the I did the cover up myself on Canva. I came up with the first, I think first 10 episodes. I maybe recorded only three at the start. I remember it took me so long. It took me half an hour to edit the first five minute episode because I yeah. wanted it to be perfect. And this was the one time where I was like, no details, 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 which is so unlike me normally. But I, yeah, I edited out every um, every like, every little time I made a mistake, that all got edited out. And I was reading it off a script. It 
don't go back and listen to episode one. It's bad. <laughs> I did already. No, it's, it's good. I, I actually did. I like it. Uh, but I, I, yeah, so I think all up the launch took me maybe three or four weeks. Uh, I, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so I got the I got the episodes recorded. I uploaded them. I didn't tell anyone the name of my podcast until launch day, and I did this on purpose because Apple Podcasts works out the top charts based on the number of new subscribers in the last seven days, but mm. with a heavier weighting on the most recent twenty four hours. So I wanted to get as many people subscribing in that first twenty four hours so that it would send me up the top charts. And that's why I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone the name. I'm not going to tell anyone the name until that launch date. And then I just gave everyone that one call to action. It wasn't rate, review, subscribe. It was subscribe. Um, So that that was all that there really was to the launch. It wasn't fancy. My microphone was a blue Yeti with a pink sock on it. Um, (laughs) That was my pop filter. It was a pink sock. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. And it was just, it was so basic because I realized people aren't going to be listening to this podcast for the sound quality. They're going to be listening for the content that I'm sharing. So if I can keep providing good content, people will keep coming back to listen to the show. As long as it's not offensive to their ears, which it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't offensive. As long as it sounds okay, they'll keep coming back for that content. Right. Yeah. And did you already add any social media setup? For the social ads, yeah. So I I had a social media account because I was a I, I was side hustling as a marketing consultant. So alongside my three day a week job, I was also a marketing consultant who thought she wanted a marketing agency um, before she realized that running an agency would involve managing people and not actually doing <laughs> any marketing. So I was growing that on the side. So I did have, oh, I think at that stage, I maybe had one or 2000 followers on Instagram on that. And I used that account to launch the podcast. I still don't have a, um, I still don't have really a brand account for the podcast. It's just there as a placeholder. I don't post on it. Um, but I used the existing Instagram account that I had and the existing email list because they were all business owners. Yeah, I like I like your strategy too. So you kind of figured out what was the algorithm behind the top charts for Apple Podcast, and uh, you said, okay, this is what I I need to hack. And uh, I guess that's that's the um, technique or the strategy behind any successful launch. And I'm, I'm I'm terrible at it, like because I hate trying to figure out what is the algorithm. You know, in the end, it was like one developer like me that figured that came up with this algorithm, and now I'm trying to hack it and try to figure it out. But that's that's crucial. I just googled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, for me, I don't even think about it. You know, is this something that, yeah. you, that you like to try to figure out, or or just a necessity? Um, I mean, I, I, it's never really something I've consciously thought about. It was more. It, it was more like okay, if I can get my podcast into the top charts, then it's going to have more people subscribing. That's how people are going right, to find it. Right. So how can I get it to be into the top charts? That was like my thinking behind it. Uh, normally, if I'm launching something else, I wouldn't. I, I don't really think of it as trying to hack anything. There's just a solid strategy behind it. But yeah, with your with a podcast, I think it is different because that top charts does add a layer of discoverability. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Definitely. Again, I'm. I should be more into that for sure. Yeah. I, I want to also understand a little bit how the business grew or how the podcast grew. Mm. So you launched the first episodes, and you got some nice feedback. I guess you got a bunch of subscribers, 
how many like in the first two or three months how many like plays would you have per episode oh i have no idea that was <laughs> we're, we're really thinking a long time ago yeah um I think it was definitely less than uh, it was probably about two or three hundred plays per episode or downloads per episode back then. Um, wow, okay. And that's now increased about tenfold almost. I mean, a good episode will a good episode will have about two or three thousand downloads. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it really has grown a lot. Um. It it just hit a million downloads. What, like two oh, weeks ago, congrats. which That's was so a pretty, amazing. thank you, pretty, pretty exciting moment. Like I logged on, I logged on to schedule a podcast episode and I was like, wait, what? That's an extra zero in there. Yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And how did it grow? It was like organic uh, or did you have to put a lot of effort into making it grow to this one million? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. At the start, there was a lot of effort because it was coming up with the process behind, okay, so when I put an episode out there, this is, you know, this is how I create a social media graphic to share on my stories. This is how I transcribe the episode and publish it as a blog post. So there was a lot of figuring out how mm, all of that worked. Right. And then as I figured that out, I could plug my VA in who she now does the graphic for me. She schedules my episodes most of the time. She um, she publishes the blog post for them. So now all I really have to do is outline the episode, record it, upload it, and then it's done. And the rest of it gets taken care of. So it's become a lot easier. So that part's now the easy part. Um, I have done a little bit of other kinds of promotion. I've played around with paid advertising. I've played around with right. played around with Facebook ads, um, overcast ads, uh, Pinterest ads. Um, I think Which those are all paid ones. Overcast. overcast, overcast ads worked really well. M more expensive, uh, mm -hmm. but you're getting you're getting in front of podcast listeners, and you're getting in front of people who listen to podcasts in your category. So. They're all people who listen using the Overcast app, and you—I think it ended up costing me about thirty-five to fifty dollars per new subscriber, which sounds like a lot well, of money. Yeah. But if I if I think about okay, somebody who's subscribed to my podcast, they, you know, out of maybe every five or ten subscribers, one of them at least is going to buy from me, and they're going to come back right. and they're going to buy again and they're going to buy again. So over the long run, yes, that's an investment at the start, but over the long run, that's going to be a really good return on investment by them buying my products. And, the, and now you, you're speaking about a very interesting topic as well, which is uh, how do you monetize the podcast? Because you don't have any ads, mm. right? Yeah, I, I've occasionally taken ad, I've, I've occasionally filled ad spots, but generally no. I either will advertise my own stuff. That's been the biggest revenue generator for me is mm -hmm. I don't really think of my podcast as a moneymaker. I think of my podcast as like the bit that sits in the middle of the funnel where people find the podcast or people find me, then they listen to the podcast. They listen to the podcast. They keep listening to the podcast for as long as it takes them. And then one day they're ready to buy from me. So that's... Right. That's kind of how I monetize my podcast. I also am an affiliate for a couple of affiliate programs and I right. promote some of those in the podcast episodes from time to time. So for example, Kajabi, which is a all-in-one business platform for digital for online business owners, they've they what they offer fits in beautifully with what I teach on my podcast. So I promote I promote that to my audience quite a lot. How early do you actually 
start thinking about making money with the podcast? Is it like from the start or was it like, okay, this is going well, let's try to make some money? No, I, I knew from the start, I knew I was going to sell my own products from it. I actually already had a Facebook ads course that I'd launched while I was running the marketing consultancy that I was trying to grow into an agency. I also created a Facebook ads course. I'm, I'm one of these people that always has many different things going on, if you can't yeah. tell by all of the overlaps. <laughs> uh, so I had this Facebook ads course and I knew that I wanted to create and launch a whole bunch of other courses. So that was where I thought, okay, if I can get this podcast to fit in with what I'm teaching, Facebook ads, I wanted to create an Instagram course, a Pinterest course, an email marketing course, and I was going to use the podcast to funnel people into those. Yeah, it's super clever. Do you think, because a lot of people tell me, you know, Tiago, first think on getting the listeners. By the way, we are in very different scales because at the moment... Like a good episode for me has like 100 listens and uh, the yeah. normal ones have like, you know, 30 or something. But, do but that's, you... it grows over time. That's the thing. It grows. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but uh, so do you feel that, um, do you agree with this idea or do you, do you think that like people should immediately think on the business, like entrepreneurs starting their own business or starting their own project rather, they would immediately think also, how should I make money or can it come afterwards? Mm, I think either of those, I think it, it, that's fine either way. I think it's it, it can be really helpful if you know how you're going to monetize it from the start because then you can build it with a little bit more strategy. But it's also okay to just have the idea and then think about how you're going to monetize it later. That's okay too. Like I, I wouldn't want somebody to get stuck and not take action because they're so worried about monetizing it the perfect way. Like everything can change. You you can be flexible with it and change it. If you'd if you told me three years ago when I launched my podcast that this is what it would look like now, that this is what I would be talking about right now, I wouldn't have believed you. Like I didn't even know anything about launching back then. And now that's all I talk about on my podcast. So right. you can you've got to be open to it changing. Right. But don't you think that if you don't think about the business right away, you can have the risk of one, once you start to think about the business, you realize that you, no business model fits into your project. Or that's, oh yeah, that's absolutely. Different. Absolutely. I mean, think about like, think about what the business model is going to be and have a rough idea, but you don't have to right. have it perfect before right. you start. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got you. That, that makes a little sense. And so in the, in the beginning, as you said, like you have so many projects overlapping and, and courses and, and social media and, and still like three times by, because by the way, you release three times a, a week, right? Three times. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of time there. How, how long were you working per day in the, in the early days of social ads? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I was working. Yeah. I was working quite hard back then. And also bearing in mind, like my episodes were five minutes, but I was fully scripting every episode before I recorded it. Really? So, yeah. Wow. So I didn't really trust myself with a microphone and I, yeah, I had to make sure that it was scripted. So it was taking me maybe 30 minutes to script each episode, five to 10 minutes to record it, and then like another 30 minutes to edit it afterwards. So at the start, yeah, at the start, I was working pretty hard. Um, and I also still was working part-time in another job. So right. yeah, I was working weekends. <laughs> I didn't have a weekend for a while. <laughs> but but this time you didn't feel that it was a job like like in your uh, previous project or did you? 
No, and it was fun. It, it was fun. And I think like with any of these kinds of projects, like anything like that, it starts off fun and then it gets a little bit difficult and that's when it yeah. starts to feel a little bit like a job or something like that. Um, you know, there's Seth Godin's book, The Dip, where the people yeah. who... He, the people who succeed are the ones who persevere through that dip. Um, and I'm glad that I've persevered through the dip because there's, there've been a few dips that I've had with the podcast where I've thought, geez, like I've done 200 episodes. How can I come up with any more topics? And then oh, I've done 300 episodes. How can I write? Like, and I keep wanting to, I, I keep having those little dips, but then I always yeah. come back and I think actually this podcast is my biggest tool for impacting people. And as long as I can stay consistent with this podcast, then I know my business is going to keep growing. My impact's going to keep growing. Yeah. And as long as you still love it, right? I think that's also important. Exactly. Because... Uh, but also, like, you're not going to love everything you do in your business every single day. There's going to be yeah. days when you wake up and you're like, I absolutely hate this today. I don't want to yeah. reply to 100 emails. I don't want to record 10 podcast episodes. But if you remember, like, why are you even doing it? And I remember, like, I'm doing my podcast because I get to impact the people. I, I get to impact a bigger audience of people. I get to help people who can't afford to work with me in my products. Yeah who yeah. can't afford to work in my online course, I get to still help them somehow. And then that reminds me like, oh, okay, actually, I'm really lucky that I get to do this yeah. rather than oh, I have to record a podcast. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, of being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, is that mm. in the end, in the bad days, you still believe in the purpose of what you're doing. And that's Absolutely. magical. I, I, I love it. And um, your biggest challenge so far has been to come up with uh, consistently good content, right? For the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest challenge with the podcast. <laughs> Not the biggest challenge in my business, but yes, coming up with consistent content, right. uh, coming up with content topics. There have been times where I've thought like, oh, I really cannot come up with anything more. Like I've talked about everything I could possibly talk about. And then somehow I just keep coming up with more. How do you deal with the pressure of, because I, I, Again, different scales, but you know, mm -hmm. I have like 30, 40 people listen to me every day and I think, oh my God, I, I cannot let them down. How do you deal with this pressure? Uh, see, I've had, I've had little times in my podcast where I haven't published a new episode for a couple of weeks or I've gone back and I've rebroadcast, you know, like episode 100 when we're at episode 400. So right. there... I don't really feel that pressure too much. Um, there was a point recently when I hadn't published an episode for like, I think it was a week and mm -hmm. somebody messaged being like, oh, what's happened to the podcast? Is it coming back? And I, that was the point where I realized like, oh, people actually care. People actually yeah. listen to this thing. Like, um, So since, since then, I've been a lot better at being consistent, but right. I, yeah, I, I haven't really ever stressed about getting that episode out. What what stresses you the most in uh, in being an entrepreneur and, and doing this business? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, probably what stresses me the most is all of the little admin things and all of the little details, trying to stay mm -hmm. across everything because I'm so big picture. I'm so ideas that I will I will have like twenty different things on the go. But I need to, uh, but it stresses me out thinking about where each, all of the little details of all of the little things. So I'm, I'm lucky now that I have a small team who help me with a lot of those little details. But that is what really stresses me out. 
is like, oh, I need, I haven't checked my emails in a week because I've been off with the fairies working on this project. Um, I haven't, uh, oh, I forgot that I need to do this deadlines next week because I've been too busy focusing on this. Um, That creates the most stress for me. Can you take holiday? Can you take vacation? From your project? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I took I took a whole month off in February. I hired oh, a van and drove around part of Australia with my dog. In the oh, month amazing. Of Feb. Didn't, work, didn't work a single day. It was great. <laughs> and you, can you yeah, like no, so disconnect? I, yeah. So I, I like I've built my business so that I can take big chunks of time off. I don't yeah. work with clients anymore for this reason because I wanted to be able to take a month off at a time if I feel like it. And I think like the first week I struggle to disconnect. Then week two, week three, that's when I really relax. And then week four, I get bored. Week four, I'm like, <laughs> that's when the ideas start coming in. And I'm like, okay, now yeah. I miss work. Now I need to start working again. <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, so so I guess... After, after a while with your podcast, you start making enough money to pay you a salary mm-hmm. and and to even hire a team, right? So how many are you now? So there's I don't have any proper employees. They're all contractors and right. none of them are full-time. But there's me, I have an assistant, I have an online business manager, I have a designer and I have a copywriter. So did you, did you try to like, you know, delegate the tasks that you didn't like so much to do yourself? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the first, one of the first big ones to get off my plate was customer support because Mm. I don't like dealing with the details of customer support. I found it really draining and it was really easy for my assistant to do that because she's really good with the details. She's good at dealing with people. And that, so that was like, as soon as I got that off my plate, it was like, oh, wow, this feels, I have so much more energy now. Um, Same with, same with like scheduling social media graphics. Yeah. She gets to do that for me. All of those little things that I just, they they drained my energy and I just didn't enjoy doing them. It felt so good to get those off my plate. And how did you, how did you find your, your team? Um, mostly, yeah. I mean, some of the, actually they're all pretty much local. So mm-hmm. mostly through recommendations, but through like the online yeah. business community that I'm in. Yeah. What, what, what is next? What is next for you? Do you plan to continue with this with this podcast with Social Ed for a long time? Are you already having other ideas, maybe for other podcasts? <laughs> what What is next? I don't think I'll launch another podcast anytime soon. Although, like, occasionally I do have ideas for other ones, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. hang on, no, one podcast is enough work. Um, I at the moment I'm creating and launching a new course in the next, well, in the next six months or so. Mm. I, what else am I working on? I'm reworking a few of the existing things in my business. I'm relaunching my existing 12 week course launch magic. So most of it is just behind the scenes work on refining products, relaunching, and then launching a new one. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, such a, so much energy coming from from your side. I think it will it will inspire a lot of the entrepreneurs here in the. Oh, I hope entrepreneur. so. Yeah, I hope so. There are so many other people now starting their own business, starting their own podcast, but they are right in the beginning. What what tips would you would you give them? Like what what is the like mm. top three things that they should focus on? Yeah. Okay. Um, so my tips are going to be really, they're not, they're not practical tips, but I think they're really important. I think my first tip is have fun. Don't forget to have fun. Like I, Oh, I found, I I stressed so much in my first year of business when 
I look back on it now and I think, oh, like if only I'd enjoyed it a little bit more. I created Hmm. a business so I could get out of a job that I hated and then I ended up in a business that I wasn't enjoying. So I wish I'd just stopped stressing so much and enjoyed a little bit more. Um, Another tip would be to be flexible and be open to things changing. Don't go into your business with this fixed mindset of this is exactly how it needs to look. Be, Be okay if if customers give you feedback and you need to pivot. Be okay if you decide that you don't like the topic of your podcast and you want to change it. Like that's all good. I think a lot of the time we disappoint ourselves because we have this fixed expectation of what it's supposed to look like and then the reality doesn't live up to that and we're too fixed on on that expectation to be flexible with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third tip I would say probably don't be afraid to fail. Like, don't be... Well, that's a and good I, one. I, I suppose that kind of ties into the being flexible about the outcome. But a lot of the time, we're so afraid of failing that we do everything we can to avoid that failure. And in av- trying to avoid that failure, we actually create that failure. So, yeah. for example, if I'm so, if I'm so afraid that I'm going to launch a podcast that's going to fail, while I'm recording that podcast, I'm going to sound really scared It's not going to be the best content. People are going to listen to it. They're not going to like it and it's going to fail. Uh, Whereas if you go out there with like, I'm just going to give this 100% and if it fails, well, cool, I'll try something else. That's a totally different energy. Wow, yeah. And I I think I heard one of your episodes speaking about this. There was some lunch that you got so stressed about it that in the end it (laughs) didn't end up being such a good one, right? Yeah, there have been a few of those. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's it's easy uh, said than done, I would say. And uh, myself, I yeah, I find myself a lot of times in this, you know, emotion roller coaster and thinking, mm. okay, what if I cannot make money and I have to go back to find a job, you know, go back to this corporate world because I'm loving so much, you know, doing my own thing mm. that you know it intensifies the fear of you know losing it all and going back, and it's so hard to to just be flexible about it and be chilled about it and say, okay, no worries, if yeah. it fails, it fails. You know, exactly. Well, yeah, you know, worst case scenario, you go get a job and then you come back and you try again. That's exactly yeah. what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's not so bad, right? Now you're it's successful. Not so bad. Yeah. Yeah, Steph, thank you. Thank you so much for, for taking the time for this interview. I learned a lot. No, and you're so welcome. Really I'm, glad, I'm glad I could, I'm glad I could help. And this has been so much fun. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I will, um, of course, your podcast will be in the description of uh, awesome. of of mine uh so that you can get uh, some extra <laughs> you know Yay. listeners and um and anything you want me to to share i will i will share it in the description of this podcast of I, this episode I'm happy rather. For you, yeah i'm happy for it just to be a link to the podcast okay that's awesome perfect cool. yeah because that's your funnel right then you you yeah, plug in your, that, <laughs> yeah that, no that's actually a great idea yeah thank you thank you so much No, you're so welcome. And yeah, have a great day and we'll chat soon. And this is the end of another interview. If you are a first time listener, I highly recommend you for you to check out the first episode. It's called The Pilot and I explain the goal of Wannabe Entrepreneur. And if you like this kind of interviews, I highly recommend you to go and check out episode 55. It's when I interview Irish. She has a sustainability fashion app and she raised 1 million euros for a project. So it's a super interesting chat. And yeah, please share it with your other entrepreneur friends. It means the world to me. It's the only way to get this podcast growing. And of course, 
you can always support it. The link will be in the description. You can support this podcast and become a member and even get access to a Slack channel full of other entrepreneurs. So yeah, think about it. It's only four euros per month and it would really help this podcast. And yeah, this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow.